welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one recreational reading minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Amendez in the news. And today we are going back to Minute 25, which begins with Doc saying, yes, yes, of course, (laughs) and ends with Marty innocently asking, what's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? I feel like this whole minute is like a microcosm of Doc and Marty's like relationship to each other. Like, or at least to an extent. I mean, I don't I I just love the like, no, we're doing this for the like the beautiful, like, you know, the promise, the promise, ah, why? Uh, yeah, I'm fine, that's cool, but why not make some money? Yeah. Like <laughs> He's not, like, refuting Doc at all. He's like, that's cool, but I'm a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just so perfect. Well, well, but what's funny is, like, what Doc is saying they're there for isn't really that much different than what Marty wants. Because all that Marty's saying is, like, he wants to bring knowledge back that's going to make them rich. <laughs> yeah. Doc wants to bring Marty or wants to bring knowledge back to make the future better. Better. So I don't know. What's the difference, I guess? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, no, Doc, what I'm saying is whenever we want money, we just place a bet on a sports thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's like, oh, money. oh, we need to Buy some, you know, unobtainium? Fine, we'll bet on the World Series and make, like, six grand. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's weird. I don't Cause know. Because, like, Doc is still meddling. He's just not financially meddling. Like, Griff's going yeah. to, Griff and his boys are going to jail now because of them. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, that's the thing is like Doc's just breaking rules left and right. So like, yeah, he's not like Mister Peabody, like you know, showing Marty a tour of history. You know, right? Exactly. Um, but speaking of history, the beginning of this minute where Doc is saying yes, yes, of course, he's like future history has changed, and he's, he shows him the newspaper, and the newspaper changes. You know, and and we're just like, he's just like, look, let me explain to you how this works. See, because of what you did, now everything is different. That's why the newspaper is different. And now future history, future history, which is, (laughs) that doesn't make any sense. But future history has changed. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, so this is the part of the script that you wrote in for that was a studio note because the studio thought people are dumb and they're not going to understand why, what, what is happening. Yeah. You need to over X explain it. And we get this just exposition dump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is to explain the thing that we, we already know. Yeah. And, and doc is ready to go. He's like, all right, bye. Cool. All right, let's go. Let's get out of here. All right. Good job, Marty. (laughs) Marty. Marty does this weird move, right? So he's like, all right, let's go get your stuff. So mm. then he goes and he grabs the hoverboard and he pets he pets uh, Einstein to get him to scoot over <clears> and then <throat> grabs the almanac, which is on the hood of the of the DeLorean, and then spins around. <laughs> and then the, the the almanac like falls out of his bag because he does this like fancy spin around. I like what is he like training for the figure skating in the Olympics? Like yeah, what, it- what 
What is that move? It, it's 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 like oh he needed to the book needed to fall out. Yeah, I mean of course the book needed to fall out, but like come on, work on your blocking a little better. That yes. was and then there's nothing natural about that move that he just did. And then spin. Oh, yeah. the book falls out. For for a movie that bends over backwards to to set up and pay off things, like it, it just there was no reason for him to do that little spin. <clears throat> you know what you know what it kind of looks like to me though? Is I think he grabbed the bottom of the bag thinking it was the top of the bag. Yeah, but he still spins around. Yeah, no, the spinning is always going to be there. But I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, th- I think that's where his head was at, like bag wise. Yeah, I think I, I don't think you're wrong. I think Which I guess I've true. done before. I mean, I've yeah. never I've never secretly bought a book. Then now that I think about it, right? I just feel like if you're going to do that. Why not stack – why not put the hoverboard – why not rest the hoverboard on the tire of the DeLorean and put that in the car, pet Einstein, s- turn to grab the almanac that he put like over by where the hoverboard was and then turn to go back to the DeLorean and have it fall out of the bag. Yeah. <clears throat> like doing it in the way that they did it, it, they do it in the movie, just feels like weird blocking to me. Or like really just, unnatural blocking. Or just, you know, Marty goes for the the hoverboard, then petting Einstein because that's never not an option. Yeah. And um and then uh what if and then Mar- and then Doc's like, hey, what's this? Right. Or yeah, mind? or just let Doc find it. Yeah, totally. What's this? Why does it have to fall out of the bag? Just let him find it. I will say, so like it falls out of the bag and Doc walks right up to it. What he's doing on the other side of the DeLorean, I'm not entirely sure. Sure. Um, I don't know why he's not just getting into the DeLorean. Is he going over to like go grab Jennifer? Is that what they were doing? I'm not sure. Yeah, but either way, I'm pretty sure Doc is wearing Crocs. Yeah. No, he he looks like he's wearing Crocs and cargo pants. Yeah. So, you know, pretty accurate. Those cargo pants are complicated. There's a lot of zipper action. A lot of the pockets are really close to the heel, which I'm not about. Yeah, it almost looks like um, it almost looks like the those. those do you remember in the mid 2000s there were those uh, cargo pants that unzipped into shorts? Yes, that's what it looks like to me. You know, just looks like that, a pair of those. You know, just the still at at 24, 28. Of, you know, Doc's legs on the cement in front of the book. It kind of looks like it could be in any movie, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in the current movie, you know? Yeah, you know, you're right. You're not wrong. But you could pan up and all of a sudden it's like Jason Sudeikis being like like charming. Mm Mm-hmm. No, totally. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. uh, Yeah. yeah. I'm impressed by the Crocs prediction, honestly. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Doc would totally wear Crocs. Yeah, no, no, Crocs is absolutely for 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 people who are retired and don't like, care about the way they look and just want to be comfortable and practical all the time. Yeah, no, no and one. also they're rubber, so they they he would wear them probably for like ele- electrocution safety reasons. Yeah, totally. No, no, yeah. do that. Doc probably owns like a bunch of Crocs. Oh yeah, for sure. So he, oh. he finds the book. He looks at it like he's never seen anything like it before. 
Yeah. And he's like hardly recreational reading, which is kind of not. I mean, what what isn't recreational reading? Right. Well, why why would you? I mean, I get what he's trying to say. He's he's trying to accuse Marty of of you know yeah. messing with with time, taking advantage of time travel. But like, if he was just reading that, like, why wouldn't it be re- recreational? I what else Mar- would it be? I think Doc's original read because at twenty four thirty he looks like really worried, and I I think he's worried like, oh my god, he's a jock. Mm-hmm. Oh, he likes sports now. No. No, what have I done? Yeah, Doc, come on. We should go to a game sometime. No. No. <laughs> no, this is worse than anything. <laughs> when Bay likes sports. Oh, man. <laughs> when Bay um, likes sports. So, uh, <laughs> so... So yeah, so he says like I didn't make the time travel, didn't make the time machine. He's really throwing the word time machine around in public a lot. Anybody could walk past. He's just talking about. He's just talking about. Uh, I'm a time machine. Time machine. Yeah, I got a time machine. So so he's first of all he's doing that, and then he says I I invented it for a clear perception of humanity, the pitfalls, the possibilities, the perils. And the promise. And uh, I'm just like, okay, Doc, I get it. They're all P words. Did you I love practice it. this speech? Do you think this is the speech that he was planning on giving to investors? Yeah, no, it's totally I, I like that the doc I like that Doc can never be or isn't supposed to be like as cool as the doctor. Yeah. You know, like he would try a little too hard on the on the like, you know, why am I doing this speech? You know? Right. I, I, I just I love I love that he has all these uh, these four things and I just imagine each one having a slide on a PowerPoint presentation. <clears throat> all right, now promise <laughs> pratfalls possibilities. Oh, there we go. Boom. <laughs> and the universal question: Why? 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 And then that would be like when like the lights go down yeah. and like. Power. And then the laser show begins. <laughs> you know, wow, Doc. There's a lot. You know who I've never compared to each other in my head before, but like now I feel really stupid, is like Doc Brown and Flint Lockwood. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. No, I could totally see that. You know what it is? Here, here's, the, here here's the line. Mm-hmm. You've got Doc Brown. Okay, so so it's like uh, it's like the uh, 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 what is that called? The uh, uh, wait, what uh, the like the the character alignment sheet? You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, the, like the D and D, like yeah, right, the D and D thing. So like Doc is a true neutral, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's a true neutral, and then you've got you've got Flint Lockwood from Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs, who is like. Uh, uh, like chaotic good. Yes, yeah. You know, and then you've got like Rick from Rick and Morty, who's like chaotic, chaotic evil. Chaotic evil, you think? No, okay. You know what? I think I think Doc might be more lawful because of his kind of. I, I think he does have like an adherence to values. Well, but but I would say he's. But he's, he has broken the law a bunch. Well, yeah, I would say he's neutral because his whole thing is like just observe, observe and report. Yeah. 
no, you don't mess with anything. Except then he's messing with stuff here because it has to do with Marty. Yeah. I also, don't know what. And, you know, and he will, like, make – he will, like, get in bed with Libyan nationalists. Yeah. But, so I guess I guess but yeah so I would say I would but but on a on a scale of like he's like mama bear Doc Brown is mama bear okay let's go another way he's Doc Brown's mama bear and then you've got like Flintlock with like baby bear and then like okay, yeah so, Rick, Rick Rick Sanchez is Papa Bear so so Rick Sanchez is chaotic neutral Doc is neutral Flint Lockwood is chaotic good would yeah. the Doctor be lawful good. Maybe that seems to make sense to me. I guess sometimes I guess he has like a code of ethics that he. I mean, he has like the the shadow proclamation and all that That's stuff. That's true. That's interesting. I'd like to fill out a whole character sheet with characters like that, like just time travelers. Yeah, time time travel. Well, I mean, Flint Lockwood's not a time traveler. Or yeah, scientists. Yeah. Right with scientists because like yeah. Ray Palmer would be would be lawful good. Yeah, that seems that seems about right. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, anyway, super um, super scientists. Yay! Yeah. So uh, so okay. So let's let's go and talk about the paradox draft. Please. Okay. So first of all, we're gonna skip through. Um, we're gonna skip through the police officer bit because, like I said in yesterday's episode, we get the introduction of the police officers finding Jennifer before Doc shows up. Of course. Um, but we're going to skip through that because I want to talk about them next week when they actually show up in the movie. Fair enough. Um, so Marty realizes what's <clears throat> happening mm-hmm. and then runs back into the Times Square and Doc says, "Over Marty, over here. And Doc is coming around the corner by the Cafe 80s and he's in – Doc is now in his 1985 clothes mm-hmm. and he's ready to go home. <laughs> and Marty says, Doc, we're in serious shit. And Doc says, I know my plan failed. Marty, what went wrong in there? And Pointing at the cafe. And he's like, well, the real Marty Jr. showed up. And then Doc is like, oh, the sleep inducer. Uh, you know, I knocked out Jennifer and I didn't have enough juice to, to keep your son knocked out for the full 20 minutes. Um, and then – Marty notices the newspaper that Doc is holding and grabs it and reads it. And it says local youth jailed in attempted theft with the photo of Marty Jr. Right. Right. So we're just now getting that exposition of why they're there. Okay. Yeah. Because because before we just got the uh, the other, you know, the other uh, uh, like it was just like, just go there and and say no, you know, before. So and then it says and then below that it says youth gang denies complicity. So so they're like just being like, nah, we didn't we had nothing to do with it. It was all him. <laughs> Whatever. Marty Jr. was the was the was the mastermind. And Marty says, Doc, what's this supposed to mean? And uh uh he said, This is tomorrow's newspaper. I just went forward today to find out if you were successful. Uh-huh. So Doc, when he left earlier, he left and went to the future to figure out if their plan worked. Marty says, this is awful. And he's, he's <laughs> like, it gets worse. As a result, your daughter goes into a state of severe depression and commits my daughter. I have a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like it went dark. And like Marty just interrupts suicide. The suicide. word suicide. 
with having. I mean, I would assume that that's what the next word was. Oh, what a conniption fit! <laughs> yeah, right. Severe depression and commits a murder, a series <laughs> of murders, and commits to bettering herself on her terms, <laughs> and commits your mother to an insane <laughs> asylum. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so so apparently Marty's daughter. Uh, uh, so she, he says, what is she, he, Marty interrupts and says, my daughter, I have a daughter. What does she do? And doc says, "Never mind that, you know, too much already. It's all <laughs> my fault. I just assumed if we could get your son to say no to those guys. And then Marty says, doc, he did say no. And just as he was going to change his mind, that's when I got into it. I wonder if it says anything about, and he takes another look at the ho- headline this time, his eyes, Nearly bug out of his head is what it says. Okay. It says, Doc, what did what did this headline say? And he says, local youth jailed in attempted theft. And then Marty says, well, look again. And now it says, local youth jailed for reckless hoverboarding. Oh, below, no. Below pictures of Griff and the gang and not Marty Jr. And there's also a picture of some property damage to the courthouse. <laughs> Doc... Looks at the story and then looks at the courthouse, and uh, uh, a, a, the the droid like fax cam or whatever f- photographer flies by and takes a picture. Okay. And Doc has the revelation. Oh, of course, the ripple effect. So that whole thing, the the whole exposition thing happens. So basically, all of that happens, but it happens in the most like complicated way, like roundabout. Well, yeah, it's just it's just so it's like rather than spreading it out, it's just all at once. It's the it's the pre exposition and the post exposition all in one info dump scene. It's just so clearly written. Yeah, like nothing about it feels like natural or organic. It's all just about like the plot just making itself known like every page. Right. So then when Doc says, let's get Jennifer and go home, Marty says, that's just it, Doc. The police took her away. That's just it, Doc. About a minute before I found you. He said, damn, those cops were the reason I didn't land the DeLorean here. Some of the modifications I've made aren't exactly street legal. Yeah, like this is like a like an audio version of or like a fanfic version of Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's like, it, I mean, it sounds a lot. It, it sounds like a like the doctor's companion, like. Oh, but how did we get to the? Oh, well, you see, a reverse polarity of this, and then this, and and we're only yeah. allowed two cuts in the entire episode, so I have to do a lot of this with dialogue. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then Biff sees the 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 DeLorean, and then uh, oh, and 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 Doc has like a wrist remote control unit for the DeLorean. Sure. Um. So he's like bringing it around, and uh, the D, the it lands, and then um. They drive the car over to, uh, let's see, Doc uses the future. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on here. But um, Marty says, I think the cops said they were going to take her home. And then we get what we're going to go into um, next, next week. week. But uh, yeah, weird. Weird. Yeah. But not as weird as what happens in the 1967 draft. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. So, we last left Marty. He was escaping the the wrath of an usher. 
um, at the holographic Huey Lewis and the News concert. Of course. How could I forget? And now he is uh, – the elevator doors open and Marty finds himself in the Wilson Memorial Plaza. Aww. Business, shopping, and entertainment complex. Uh, and Marty wanders around taking it all in while pedestrians go about their business. And then Marty pauses to stare at a memorial bust of Mayor Goldie Wilson. Wow. And then a familiar voice calls Norman. Norman McFly? Marty turns and is shocked to see his older, now much older brother, Dave, come up to him. Whoa, Dave! Yeah, he's now 55, and his thinning hair is turning gray, and he's developed a paunch. Aw. And he says, Norman, I thought that was you. What are you staring at me? What are you staring at me for? It's me, your Uncle Dave. And then Marty smiles and tries not to gawk. And he says, so Norman, what are you doing over here? Aren't you going to the hospital? (laughs) Marty says, huh? And then another voice says he forgot Dave. And then Marty turns (gasps) to see his sister, Linda. Yes. (laughs) Linda says what she, Marty says, Linda. And she goes, what happened to aunt Linda? New haircut, huh? What what's that supposed to be? The eighties retro look? You look a lot like your dad with your hair like that, don't you think, Dave? Dave <laughs> says a little. He's got his mother's eyes though. And then Marty smirks. And then Linda says, So, are you coming with that's so creepy because he says a little. He's got his mother's eyes though. So he's saying that Marty has <laughs> Jennifer's eyes. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Also, it's just a weird thing for like Uncle Uncle Dave to be saying. Yeah, it definitely is. So then, um, mom's eyes, Dave. (laughs) So then, Linda says, "So are you coming with us, Norman?" And Dave says, "Don't ask him. Tell him uh, you're coming with us, Norman." Linda says, "Quit bossing everybody around. When we were kids, he used to boss your dad and me around all the time, always picking on us." Uh, And then Dave (laughs) starts picking. I don't know. Then Dave starts picking at Linda's cheek and says, pick, pick, pick. And then Linda says, stop that. Honestly, this he sounds like the worst brother in the universe. <laughs> I just, I guess I never thought about Dave being old. I guess he just always seemed like that classic eternal youth figure to me. Yeah, I don't know. So then Marty says, uh, that's funny, Aunt Linda, because uh, Dad says he picked on – you picked on him a lot too. And then Dave says, I take it your dad's not going. And Marty says, uh, I don't know. And then uh, Linda says, if he does show up, he'll be late as usual. And and so we'll, and so will we if we don't get going, Dave. And uh, Dave says, all right, all right, come on, Norman. You'll disappoint your grandmother if you don't go. Marty says, my grandmother, and then realizes who he's talking to. Uh, Right, wouldn't want to disappoint grandma. And so he follows Dave and Linda, not realizing that he's been spotted by Griff and the gang. And Spike says, there's Norman Griff, but he's he's with some moldy oldies. (laughs) And then Griff says, let's follow him. I want to teach that runt a lesson he'll never forget. Okay. Well, you know, it would have been, <laughs> it would have been cool seeing old, old, older Dave and older Linda, but that just sounds so unpleasant. Yeah, it's true. It, it's weird. It's definitely weird. It's really weird. 
And then meanwhile, uh, Jennifer is on a, a maglev <laughs> right. train. What is um, she doing? Oh, she's, she's heading to Hill, Hilldale Station. That's right. That's right. I can't yeah. So apparently the, the trans rapid thing, the escalator that she was on was actually taking her to a train station, like cool. a train through through town. Uh-huh. Um, so she she gets off the train and she's in the Hilldale housing project. And it's like an identical <laughs> okay. cluster of townhouses and low rise apartments. Cool. And uh, she takes a deep breath and sees a sign that says subsidized housing for low and middle income families. Boom. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll catch back in with uh, Dave, Linda and Marty uh, next week. <laughs> I guess we will. Yeah. Yeah. On the way to the hospital. So. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got for this 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 uh, this minute and for this week. It was a good week. It was a good week. A lot of stuff to talk about. Pre sure. came back. Yeah, Preeti came back. It's a good time. Uh, so we will be back next week with uh, 26 through 30. In the meantime, you can go to our website, duelinggenre.com, where you can find all the posts of this this podcast, as well as all of our other podcasts, like the Doctor's Companion or Doctor Who podcast that we do with Cassandra Fredrickson and Geek by Night, our original audio drama uh, about uh, uh, would-be superheroes uh, dealing with the transition of going from your 20s into your 30s and the responsibility of that and, you know, the thematic re- relevance of uh, of that responsibility for superheroes as well as, like, growing up and becoming an adult in your 30s. Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on with that show. Uh, so go check both of those out. Uh, and also check out our Patreon page because if you go to duelinggenre.com slash support, it will take you to our Patreon page and you can see all of the free stuff that you get uh, by you know subscribing to the show on Patreon. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, you help us out uh, incredibly. So much. It's, the, it's the only reason we're here is because of Patreon at this point. Um, and uh, so if you want to continue helping us, you know we've got lots of things uh, uh, coming uh, on the Patreon. Lots of goals. We have a, uh, a new Back to the Future weekend edition, Back to the Future Minute podcast. We have uh, stickers and t-shirts and all kinds of stuff that we want to do. A live episode of Back to the Future Minute. All kinds of stuff. So go check out the Patreon page and, uh, and, and if, you can, if you can spare $5 a month, uh, go uh, do it. Do it because it really helps us out. We will appreciate it. Uh, and uh, give you a shout out uh, for anyone who does, and and because you know we appreciate you. And of course, go check out the other minute the uh, podcasts in the Minute Family, like Star Wars Minute and Indiana Jones Minute, Jaws Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute. Look, there's a lot of Minute podcasts. At a certain point, there comes a certain point where we're gonna have to stop giving them all shout outs. <laughs> but Star Wars <laughs> Minute is uh, is wrapping up. I think they've. I think next week is their final week of the show. I think they just started the credits at this point. So. Uh, Good on them for Phantom Menace. And then they've got, uh, they're on hiatus until I think later this year. And then they'll start Attack of the Clones. Which are, uh, which you are a defender of? Uh, not a defender of. You think, I, is, you think it has its merits? I think it has its merits. Yes, I do. Um, but there, it's a whole thing why I think that. Because it doesn't have anything to do, the, 
my my thoughts on Attack of the Clones has nothing to do with the actual execution of Attack of the Clones, which is not good. Um, sure. Yeah. So so it, it it goes beyond the execution of the movie. But anyway, well that's that's another podcast. So, um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye.